Good morning, I'm Annika Colbert. It's Friday, June 3rd, the state budget and inflation. More on that next, but first, let's do the headlines. The weekly average of COVID-19 cases in San Diego County has more than tripled in the past month. That's according to the County Health and Human Services Agency. More than 8,500 COVID-19 cases were reported this week. Those are cases that are reported to hospitals or the county. Because of at-home testing, it's likely that the actual caseload is higher. UC San Diego announced on Thursday that it plans to open up a data hub focused on homelessness. It's intended to serve as a nonpartisan hub for research, education, policy, and action on homelessness. The hub plans to tackle homelessness by bringing together researchers, service providers, civic leaders, and unhoused San Diegans to conduct critical research and inform local policy and action. More than 150 voting centers will open this weekend. You can cast your primary election ballot at these centers or drop off your mail-in ballot. Hours are 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. every day until Election Day on June 7th, when they'll be open until 8 p.m. Go to sdvote.com to find a voting center near you. From KPBS, you're listening to San Diego News Now. Stay with me for more of the local news you need. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org. Leaders in Sacramento are trying to reach an agreement on the state's budget that must be in by July 1st. KPBS reporter Kitty Alvarado tells us many people are hoping lawmakers can agree to help families struggling with inflation. Berta and Santiago Soto are unloading their farm-grown produce at the new farmer's market in Linda Vista. But their minds are preoccupied with the high cost of traveling to farmer's markets from their farm in Fallbrook. Gas prices have had a tremendous impact on the cost of operations. They're far away from Sacramento, but what is done there will affect them. Right now, politicians are trying to figure out what to do with a nearly $90 billion budget surplus and the budget in general. Berta and Santiago hope it includes relief for higher gas prices at the pump that are seeping their way into everything they do and will affect the future of their farm. We often think about closing the farm. We work so hard, and it's all for nothing sometimes. We just can't make a profit. The budget deadline is June 15th. Kitty Alvarado, KPBS News. 
Also in the budget, billions of dollars earmarked to support students and school districts. The impact is significant for San Diego Unified, the state's second largest school district. The district would benefit from $300 million to fund transitional kindergarten programs geared towards students from low-income families. There's also an increase of $1.2 billion for school transportation to fund electric buses and other zero-to-low-emission vehicles. Enrique Ruicho is the district's new chief of staff who's keeping close tabs on the state's financial commitment. What we learned through the pandemic is that schools are critical not only to the economy of the state, but to the future of the state as well. Higher education would also benefit with a proposed $2 billion to develop more student housing at California State Universities and Community Colleges. The largest corruption scandal in Navy history may finally be wrapping up. Closing arguments began in the so-called Fat Leonard case on Thursday. KPBS military reporter Steve Walsh has more. Most of the Navy officers have pleaded guilty to accepting bribes from Leonard Francis, also known as Fat Leonard. He is the Malaysian contractor who wanted to steer the Navy to his ports in the Western Pacific. Leonard ultimately pleaded guilty in 2015. After 14 weeks, the trial of the last five naval officers under indictment is nearing an end, with Leonard never taking the stand. In closing arguments Thursday, prosecutor Mark Fletcher told the jury, the defendants took care of Leonard Francis because, time and time again, he took care of them. In exchange for sensitive information, Leonard paid for lavish parties in Tokyo, Hong Kong, and Malaysia, fancy hotel stays, luxury items, and top-shelf champagne. Lawyers for each of the defendants begin closing arguments Monday. Steve Walsh, KPBS News. The city of Vista got nearly $2 million to help people living in an encampment. But when the city put out a call for someone to run a homeless shelter, no one answered. KPBS North County reporter Tanya Thorne has more. Earlier this year, the city of Vista accepted a $1.8 million encampment resolution grant from California's Interagency Council on Homelessness. The grant is intended to help people living in encampments in the Buena Vista watershed area. 73-year-old Jim Conley currently lives in the encampment. He shared that he gets around $700 a month for Social Security. If they could get, put some place up for people, you know, just uh, something you know, pay what you can, you know. The City of Vista was requesting proposals for a homeless shelter, but no applications were submitted. The city has now changed gears and is looking into developing permanent supportive housing and a safe parking area. Tanya Thorne, KPBS News. Coming up, House of Mexico returns to Balboa Park. Plus, San Diego Fringe Festival is back this week. Those stories are next, just after the break. Hi, I'm Bill Hohen. And I'm Ted Hohen. 
Over the past 50 years, our family has brought many world-class dealerships to Carlsbad, including Mercedes-Benz, Porsche, Audi, Honda, Acura, Jaguar, and Land Rover. That's right. This year, we're celebrating 50 years in Carlsbad. So on behalf of the entire Hohen family, we want to thank San Diego. Throughout the years, we've taken tremendous pride in meeting and even exceeding our customers' automotive needs. We value the relationships with our clients and look forward to serving you for years to come. We invite you to visit one of the Hohen Carlsbad dealerships or hohenmotors.com. The international cottages at Balboa Park have long given visitors a glimpse at different cultures from around the world. Yet for years, San Diego's closest cultural and geographic neighbor was without its own space. But that's changed now, thanks to a years-long effort by community organizers to restore the House of Mexico. KPBS Midday Edition host Jade Hindman spoke with its president, Blanca Gonzalez, about the new cottage. It's been a pretty notable omission for years that Mexico did not have a place among the international cottages. What accounted for that absence? Yes, that was so, so disappointing and disheartening for so many of us who have Mexican background. But the reason that we didn't have a house in Mexico is we know it went back many, many years because originally when the houses were built in 1935, there was a house of Mexico. But over the years and including um, during World War II, when the military took over the park and, and the cottages were turned into barracks, obviously all of the houses left the park. And when the houses returned in 1948, the cottages were assigned based on membership. And unfortunately, the House of Mexico's membership was not as large as others. So House of Mexico was assigned to share a cottage with some of the other houses. Eventually, the House of Mexico disappeared from the membership roles. And, you know, we, we don't really know because we weren't we weren't around in the 1950s. But in 2003, we were able to resurrect House of Mexico and started a campaign to get the cottage built. Fantastic. And I mean, like you say, this is something that's been years in the making. Can you tell us a little bit about what it took to get this effort off the ground? It took the work and support of so many volunteers and so many supporters here in San Diego. We had a lot of fundraising and we continued to do fundraising because we had to take out loans to get the final construction, everything built. But we had a lot of people that it was truly a labor of love. You know, we did fundraisers, we're, you know, selling tamales, December nights events, selling tacos and aguas, and just being out there asking for donations and really asking everybody, anybody who has an interest and a love of Mexico to please donate to our cause. And can you give us a bit of a glimpse of what visitors can expect? Our plan is to rotate the exhibit so that we showcase a different state. So every quarter or so, so every few months, we will present the artwork, photographs, paintings, arts and crafts from different regions and states of Mexico. Why do you think it's important that Mexico finally has a place among the international cottages? Well, as you mentioned, I mean, Mexico is the closest neighbor especially here in San Diego. And we have a lot of people who have Mexican heritage or people who just appreciate and love 
the Mexican culture. And to have a place like the International Cottages, which is so unique, where people can go and get a glimpse of so many countries, but yet not have Mexico represented. I mean, that that was just astounding to so many people who, you know, once they found out that that, that was the case, they were they were appalled. And of course, so many of us knew that for many, many years. And, and while we enjoy and love Balboa Park, we've always felt that something was missing without the House of Mexico. And next week, the House of Mexico will be hosting a lawn program to show off the new cottage. Can you tell us about what we can expect? Sunday, June 5th, from noon to 4 p.m., we have our lawn program at Balboa Park, and we're going to have mariachi, we're going to have vale folclorico, we're going to have all kinds of delicious food, tacos, tamales, churros, aguas frescas. It it will be a, a wonderful day for the family. We're also going to have some craft activities for the kids. And we just want people to come out and enjoy, have a good afternoon, and visit our cottage. And that was House of Mexico's President Blanca Gonzalez speaking with KPBS's Jade Hindman. The San Diego International Fringe Festival kicked off this week. The pandemic had put the festival on a two-year hiatus, and it forced it to scale back its in-person shows this year. KPBS arts reporter Beth Accomando says that while it may be smaller, the festival still offers a widely diverse selection of shows from San Diego and around the globe. Fringe began as a creative act of rebellion against the artistic establishment in 1947, when uninvited theater groups showed up at the Edinburgh International Festival and staged their own shows on the fringe of the inaugural event. That bold act led to the creation of the Edinburgh Festival Fringe and its offshoots around the globe. Ten years ago, San Diego launched its own Fringe Festival to offer artists an opportunity to perform their works uncensored and unjuried. COVID put the festival on hold, but now it's back to assault your senses with everything from Shakespeare to stand-up. What God do you believe? And I just have to say, honestly, guys, I'm sorry, but I'm European and we don't really need God because we have gun laws and healthcare. Pole dancing to opera. I'm not one of them. Nicholas Ravellis makes his fringe debut with the chamber opera Aftermath, which he wrote during the pandemic. It's a vignette about two characters who confront each other across a sliding glass door on the patio of a contemporary upscale home in Mission Beach during the second or third year of a pandemic lockdown and the aftermath of a tactical nuclear attack on a military base in the area. I really wanted these characters to be locked down and to be completely isolated and have to make decisions within that that social context. I went away to college, pre-med, grad school. Evan, sung by Lucia Leone, is a non-binary character who needs to convince Ruth to let them into her house to escape the aftermath. The show is presented by Bodhi Tree Concerts at the Template Coffee House. This is what's known as a BYOV, or Bring Your Own Venue. Since Cotta Pierce Morgan is the owner of Lay Girls, she once again provided her own venue for her new Fringe show. It's called Bones Abide, and it's about the Armenian genocide, which took place at the um, beginning of the 20th century. 
and it's about the survival of Najale, who's based on my lead actress's grandmother. And the core of the show really is dealing with the cruelties of social injustice. After staging multiple fringe shows at her adult entertainment club, she's gained much-deserved praise and credibility for her work. But I remember when we first started, we were a subject of tittering, you know, people kind of making fun of me, making fun of the type of shows that I did, the avant-garde shows. Bones Abide exemplifies the bold mix of styles that can be found at Fringe. But Renee Westbrook's shelter represents the stripped-down, emotionally raw, and elegantly minimalist splendor of a one-woman show. It's loosely based on my first night homeless on the streets of Santa Monica and Los Angeles. Just walk, Davina. You can do this. Just put one foot in front of the other. You can, please, just, you can do this. You're, you're college educated. You, you have a degree in a storage unit that's about to be auctioned off to the highest bidder. You can do this. I can't do it. I can't do it, God. I'm not going to make it. Please help me. I'm lost. I can't do it. I wanted it to be about the various definitions of shelter. The, the different characters have their own meaning of what shelter means. To Davina Gray, the main character, it's a home, a roof. You know, to Lazarus, it's nobody's gonna ever hurt me again. That's his shelter, his karate. I know what lone is. You're lonely shelter like you think. And just cause I don't got no roof over my head don't mean I ain't got no shelter. This my shelter. My karate, my shelter. And that's one of the things that, that I wanted to just express is that contemporary homelessness as well has a deep meaning for everyone because so many people are experiencing it now. But primarily I wanted to get out there the, the various definitions of what shelter is because we all have different ideas of what, they, what, what it should be. Whether it's the terror of being alone on the streets or the joy of physical comedy, San Diego Fringe has it all, now through June 12th. Beth Accomando, KPBS News. You can find more information on San Diego International Fringe Festival at kpbs.org slash cinemajunkie. And that's it for the podcast today. As always, you can find more San Diego news online at kpbs.org. This podcast is produced by KPBS senior radio producer Brooke Ruth and me, Annika Colbert. Thanks for listening and have a wonderful weekend. KPBS On Demand is supported by Under the Sun Foundation, presenting the Candlewood Arts Festival in Borrego Springs, featuring temporary public art projects that engage community and place. March 23rd. More at candlewoodartsfestival.org.